This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're covering episodes 10, 11, and 12 of season three in the 1987 series. So that's... Been a a minute since we've talked about 87. Yeah. I was excited to watch these, honestly. It's been so long since we've done 87. Yeah, it was was nice to have that breather. You know, we talked, you know, for three hours with tom waltz of idw which Mm -hmm. go check out that episode because we're still really proud of it yeah you know and then we finally got back to new york with mirage now we're going Mm -hmm. to the center of the earth with uh 87 then we had a last ronin so we had a lot of serious oh yeah and we had last ronin it's it's been a wild may so far so you know this is our first recording in june so not bad not bad Mm-mm. So 10, 11, 12, that's Turtles of the Earth's Core, April Fool, and Attack of Big Mac. I just want to know where they came up with the name Big Mac. Anyway. Well, <laughs> when, Big Mac I get attack, to, when I get to tell a story, I'll let you know. But, you know, I did not remember these episodes at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if this is about where I started checking out with the original show. Um, but, yeah, I did not remember these at all yeah i made it past these when i tried to watch this whole series like i said i'm pretty sure i made it up to like the casey jones episode either that or i skipped to the casey jones episode Mm -hmm. sometime after these because i was like i just want to see what they did with casey and then was like yeah okay (laughs) i don't think i continued watching yeah i'm looking at the list i think i got like two more episodes past you the last time i tried to watch this i think i got to pizza by the shred but stopped at super bebop and mighty rocksteady well, I mean, we've also, I mean, I, I, I know there are other episodes I've seen because like looking at the list of the of episodes coming up, like um, The Great Boldini, I've mentioned a couple of times is one of my favorite episodes. Um, you know, the Hokum Hair episodes, obviously top mm-hmm. tier, um, but those aren't until the next season. I, I just don't remember these ones <laughs> like at all. Well, let's have a little refresher then. All right. And tell a story. All right, tell some stories. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So I've got the first one. Episode 10, Turtles at the Earth's Core. This one is written by Michael Reeves. Another Michael Reeves joint. April is trying to decide where to vacation while the turtles are trying to figure out what Shredder is up to next. After feeling an earthquake, they go topside to see what's up and see a Diplodocus stomping through the city. For those of you that don't know, it's one of those long-necked dinosaurs. Yeah, it's not, it's not a brontosaurus. It's Diplodocus. Yeah. I used to pronounce it Diplodocus. 
when I was uh, younger. See, luckily they they just shortened it down to Dippy for convenience sake. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I I know I'm not the only one who used to say Diplodocus. But anyway, well, anyway, the Diplodocus is stomping through the city, Dippy as they name him. They try to do something about it, but ultimately it just kind of ends up leaving after they can't really do anything to get him to leave. And then they go after it. They follow it to a hole in the ground that leads to a prehistoric world underground at the, you know, pretty much at the center of the earth. It's like journey to the center of the earth. Shredder is already there. And uh, we learned that it's Bebop and Rocksteady that sent the dino as he's scolding them for not having sent a T-Rex. You know, something more threatening. Uh, we learned that they're there to get a crystal whose radiation will recharge the Technodrome. The turtles finally get down there in their blimp, but it gets popped upon entry. They run into it, identify a T-Rex, then run away and find Dippy again. And they kind of just start going and riding and hanging out with him. Krang spots the turtles with the Technodrome, so he sets up a fortress there and enters it then sends his forces after them. Dippy beats them. During all of this, Shredder is working on getting the crystal. Bebop and Rocksteady try shooting it to get it down, and it causes a light show that attracts the turtles. Shredder gets the crystal down, but the turtles show up. He creates a lava river to stop them while he escapes and succeeds in getting away. Donnie deduces that the crystal that Shredder just ran off with is the source of life for this world, so now the stakes are even higher because everything is going to die without it. During his escape to the fortress, Shredder dropped and cracked the crystal, so now Krang has to repair it before he can use it. Dippy calls a bunch of other dinos, uh, and they all start beating on the fortress until they make a hole into it. The turtles get in, and everyone runs away, so they easily make it to the room with the crystal. Krang finishes repairing the crystal upon entry of the turtles, he throws the lever, but our heroes cut the cord to stop it from being able to charge anything. The, they end up playing football with the crystal and escape with it. And they put the crystal back in, patch the blimp with tar. And then April gets kidnapped by a pterodactyl and they go chase her down. The end. What All a right. wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> Just what a wild ride. All right. Next up is April Fool's Season 3, Episode 11, written by Michael Reeves and Brian Stevens. Another Michael Reeves joint. Yet another Michael Reeves joint. Uh, this first aired October 9th, 1989. Now, the Emperor of Malcuria is selling the mining rights to a deposit of Lydium-90. Lydium-90 is harder than diamond, more beautiful gold, more beautiful than gold. And it's also one of the most powerful energy sources on the Earth. So, of course, Krang wants it to power the Technodrome to get it out of the center of the Earth. April is going to a party at the Malkurian Embassy that night, but Irma insists that she, she dress up a little bit. She puts, up, puts on a dress and goes to see the turtles in the sewer, who are now, like, super-duper thirsty for her. Uh, they actually decide to follow her to the party so that they can basically just stand across the street and ogle her at the party. Uh, the Princess of Malakuria is wearing a very similar dress to April and sneaks off to avoid attending the party altogether. April was mistaken as a princess by some guards and taken to the princess, princess's chambers. Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady show up in the mutant module. Luckily, uh, this happens to be a costume party, so they fit right in. They just look like they're in costume, right? The turtles across the street ogling April, but they see 
Shredder and decide to sneak into the party in case there's trouble. Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady make their way to the princess's chambers and capture April, thinking she's the princess. April loses her communicator in the scuffle. Shredder's plan is to ransom the princess, actually April now, for the Lydium 90. Uh, end of Act 1. I feel like I've been talking for 45 minutes about this episode already, but that's just Act 1. Act 2. <laughs> the turtles infiltrate the party while Shredder tries to make his escape. The Emperor found April's turtle comm in the princess's quarters and assumes the turtles are looking for her. Or, um, excuse me, assume the turtles took her. There's a whole kind of cat and mouse sequence and the turtles are able to get out of the main ballroom of the party. An announcement comes over the PA from the Emperor that he's willing to trade the Lydium 90 and an escape helicopter for his daughter, the princess. The turtles assume Shredder has heard that announcement and make their way upstairs. Shredder finds out he has April, not the princess, but decides to make the best of the situation. April looks enough like the princess to ensure his getaway after all. Shredder escapes in the helicopter, but the turtles are able to cling to the bottom of it. Just as they're about to lose their grip, they come across the turtle blimp. Don conveniently stashed on top of a small building, just in case. Uh, they pursue Shredder and the blimp to the art museum. Crane sends Shredder a mutant module up through the bottom of the museum. April's finally able to overcome her captors. She kind of kicks Bebop and Rock steady away while swinging around a pole. And the bad guys escape down the hole that the module made. Bebop brings down one of the art installations over the hole. And as the turtles are trying to move it out of the way, lava seeps up from the hole and burns their feet. Even though they've been bested, Don knows that the Lithium-90 is worthless. It's unstable and the pressure under the earth will likely cause it to explode, which it does. Also, the Turtles won first place in the costume contest for their ridiculous costumes. The end. What a wild ride. Wild. Mm-hmm. All right. Episode 12, Attack of Big Mac, original air date, October 10th, 1989, written by Francis Moss. One night during an electrical storm, the turtles watch April on TV as she reporting uh, live from an army testing laboratory on the first public showing of a new super laser. Suddenly, a bolt of lightning from the storm strikes and power lines and inadvertently overloads the laser's computer. As a result, the storm causes the laser's computer to open a strange portal, and out comes a robot. The soldiers fire at the robot, who is not phased by their weapons, and only solemnly remarking that he's on Earth because humans always attack one another and destroys their weapons. The scientists try to use their own super laser to destroy the robot, but this only tickles the robot, who then destroys that laser as well. Meanwhile, in the Technodrome, Krang, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are watching the same report when Krang takes an interest in the robot and decides that he wants that robot for himself. Noticing that the robot's neck is the only weak spot, Krang sends Shredder and the mutants to, to the surface with a docillator, a device that will reprogram it to serve only him that he conveniently had to move the plot along. <laughs> Back at the laboratory, April is seized by the robot, forcing the turtles to go rescue her. Believing that the turtles are violent as well, the robot fires on them until Michelangelo manages to convince them that they are peaceful, to which the robot calms down. The robot, named Mac which is short for mobile armored, mobile armored computerized combatant, states that he is from the year 2390, 400 years in the future from that date, and that he detests violence due to the inhabitants from his own timeline being huge warmongers. Mac also sporadically switches to a Western dialect from time to time due to him being a fan of Western films because that was the only thing to watch when he was crossing the dimensional barrier. 
now being friends with everybody, the turtles and April convince Mac to come with them so that he, so that April can do a report on them. And so that the turtles can learn more about him. Suddenly Shredder arrives and captures Mac, placing the Docilator onto the robot and reprogramming, reprogramming him to become violent. However, Mac, however, before Mac can destroy the turtles, the, ma the robot manages to override the Docilator's program and rejects it, firing on Shredder and the mutants, forcing them to flee. After April's interview, the turtles take Mac to the local library so it can acquire more data about their timeline, only to flee when, uh, upon a near confrontation with an officer. The turtles then bring Mac back to the sewer to meet Splinter. Back at Channel 6, Vernon tells Byrne and April that now that the brainwashed Mac is attacking a police station, now that because Shredder uh, arrived with a new Docilator and recaptured him. The turtles soon learn that Mac's disappearance and, uh, and attack the station. As they arrive and try to stop their friend, Mac attacks them too, forcing them to damage or forcing them to flee from his rampage. The turtles also fear that the Docilator is further damaging Mac's programming, which will instead accelerate his detonation because Donatello ran some tests on him when they went back to the lair and discovered that because he traveled through time, he's actually a time bomb. <laughs> Eventually, the turtles track down Mac and help him remove the Docilator, saving him and convincing him to go back to his own time. The end. I totally missed the time bomb thing. That's a that's an amazing joke, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm surprised they didn't make that joke in the episode. Yeah. But anyway. Let's uh, talk back over it again in the second time around then. Hey, uh, nice junk. So weren't there like dinosaur riding action figures? Like, oh, yeah. Some, uh, yeah. There, there were prehistoric turtle figures, yes. And like they Was had like dinosaurs. Was this episode to like promo that then? Like, the, I, you know, I 10? think that is some time off from. Oh, there. is it some time off from there? Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I, they're definitely not connected. No. Okay. Um. So, a couple things I noticed, um, specifically in uh, Turtles at the Earth's Core. Um, there's like one line where Shredder is yelling at Krang. And it's not James Avery; it's Peter Renade who plays Splinter. Doing, I noticed doing, that too. It's it's, it's very obvious quick. if you know, like, you know, if if you're if you're Ninja Turtle experts like us, <laughs> it it <laughs> like mine. jumps right out at you. <laughs> well, certified, yeah, um, but it jumps it like jumps Mike. like right out at you. Um, it, it was a little jarring at first, but then. Uh, it's only like one line. So either like James Avery couldn't, you know, do that ADR or something. Yeah. Um, it, it's a good impression. It would just, it just really stuck out to me. Um, also the, it's a little hard to describe right now, but over there, there's this one theme, like we know the show like likes to reuse themes because mm -hmm. it's like, it's always the same tunes and everything. Um, the, tune that plays when dippy goes away or the first time when he when he jumps down like the, the hole in central park or whatever mm -hmm. park that was the music that plays is like i want to say it's like the it's it's the more sci-fi music that plays whenever like they do science stuff or like mystery stuff um it's like that like that tune yeah 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 
it, when they use it in other episodes, it's usually when Shredder is teleporting in somewhere. And so like, there's a sound effect in it that sounds like a portal opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and I always assumed that's because he was traveling through a portal, but it's in the, it's actually baked into the tune I noticed because it's here. Like it, it plays in this episode, that portal sound. Oh, I, I even noticed that. That's awesome. It's, it's one of those really weird things that like, again, you only notice when you, when you obsess over t- turtles like us. <laughs> I didn't notice there was a part where, like, there was, like, a Crash Bandicoot version of the theme song. It had, like, extra maracas in it or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, like, caveman feel. Yep. Oh, God, that one that plays at the end. Uh, Yeah. The football theme. Yeah. God. And what a weird weird place to put a football game. It just, it it, it, it really is a testament to 87 that they just, they just go for, go for it. And they're like, football game. I mean, you wonder if they kind of like, I don't know, was Secret of the Ooze inspired by this? And it's one like scene where they're throwing around the last canister of ooze or whatever it was. No. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, it's the same Spencer, gag. I did look it up. Uh, the Cave Turtle toys, which were the ones that came with dinosaurs, came out in 93. Yeah. So it's oh, still about four years off. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Those I are awesome curious. toys too. Like the turtles themselves, like have different proportions because they're supposed to be like cave, yeah, cavemen. They're really cool. Um, I will say, as we're talking about the football game, Don claims pass interference despite clearly catching the ball with no one touching him and then standing with it without being touched by a defender. So yeah, I mean, leave <laughs> um, it to a nerd to just try and throw out sports lingo. To right? Yeah. He's as, we, yeah. He's hoping the we one, still had the replacement refs from like the 2016 season. Yeah. As as the one of us that doesn't watch football, I didn't catch that, oh. <laughs> that error. There's also there was a weird part where uh, Rocksteady says "sure thing, banana." And Shredder says it's sure thing Boana, but I couldn't find like if that was a reference to like. I thought he said sure thing Iguana. Oh, but, but yeah, so, that that threw me off too because I was like, what is that referencing? Yeah, I found it in like the transcript on Turtlepedia. Boana is apparently Swahili for like big boss or master. Boana, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Is that something from like Journey to the Center of the Earth or something? I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, I mean, looking at the definitions is in East Africa, a boss or master. That's such a weird reference. Like, I don't even remember that being like slang at the time. Yeah, I don't know. Someone owned a dictionary. Well, Michael Reeves apparently owned a dictionary. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is that's wild. Um, another thing that was kind of that was kind of funny was just how dinosaurs like looked back then because like we're you know five years before jurassic park comes out and really kind of really kind of modernizes the pop culture dinosaur yeah. we're in a pre uh, uh land before time era here aren't we uh no i think we're really about and yeah i think we're about yeah land before time was 1988 so oh okay okay um <laughs> But even, but even then, like Land Before Time was still very stylized and cartoony dinosaurs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Sharp Tooth is is absolutely frightening, but you know he's got the alligator body, like his you know he stands upright kind of thing. Um, 
which is what the Tyrannosaurus in this episode does. He, um, and he's got three fingers. He, he looks like, you know, that cartoon dinosaur from like, we're back a dinosaur story. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it, it's just, it's just kind of funny to like see dinosaurs again, drawn in this kind of like inaccurate style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't realize like how much dinosaurs had actually changed as far as our uh, stylization due to Jurassic Park. That's pretty neat. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. It, it's oh, yeah. it's very much you know there's pre Jurassic Park and post Jurassic Park, and, and not that like Jurassic Park is super scientifically accurate. Mm-hmm. It's just you know it it's just you know that's what changed everybody. Yeah. Um. So. And now they just sprinkle feathers on them because they yeah, might have now, now they get feathers. But but I mean, but I like now like in Jurassic Park in like the Jurassic World movie specifically, they kind of wrote in that the dinosaurs look inaccurate because they're not trying to make accurate dinosaurs. They're trying to make what people think dinosaurs look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't, I think in the first movie, didn't they like splice their DNA? Like they filled in the gaps in the genes with uh, well, they frog did it DNA. With, yeah, they did it with frogs, yeah. but that was like that was part of like the hubris of man for not knowing that any better, you know, mm-hmm. like they thought they could and they mm-hmm. did it. But then like that actually became a plot point in Jurassic world is like, you know, they're creating what people think dinosaurs look like. That's not, not what actually dinosaurs look like. They're not cloning them that way. I mean, they just look cooler that way. Anyway, you know, you put feathers on a velociraptor and suddenly it's not scary anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm in the camp that I actually like those raptors, but. I mean that's good. Someone's got. We it. have chickens. We have chickens. They look too much like <laughs> the chickens for me. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. All right. <laughs> I guess we can move on. Yeah. Yeah. April Fool. So this was apparently put out on VHS as April Foolish, not April Fool. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and but, this is. I mean, a VHS is... I didn't have, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the episode, I've mentioned this before, that there was one episode where they talk about how they shoot lava back up the tube after the mutant module goes away. This is the one. They mentioned Krang shoots lava back up the tube. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's not lava like three feet underground. It's actually something that they do to stop the turtles from following them. Okay. But it's it's wild because like we're so many episodes into the season into the third season and like They've already escaped like this multiple times. Yeah, it's, it's certainly in my anchovies that they are shocked about this once again. Yeah. Like, what was that? And it's like, he, there's been lava like every how did they time. Not know? Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. This, is, this isn't news anymore. It burrowed directly into a volcano every single time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's um, one of those one of those things of this series where I'm like, all right. Did no one discuss continuity at all? Or are they just like, of course not. We need to explain that lava is what shot up back up through the hole. You know, that's that's why it's getting filled in. Yeah. Okay. The kids we'll have, have the turtles get shocked by it again. The kids have only seen it seven times. Now is yeah. the time to explain it. Because also, I noticed the, the guy at the at the party is wearing a turtle suit, and it's got yeah. like purple pads and a J on the belt, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Well, he definitely he definitely didn't win the contest. Right. That's why it wasn't most original because that kind did it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was someone that has a, like a very much a Batman knockoff costume 
that I well, saw. There was, like, there was like that superhero girl too. Like she was wearing a mask and I was like, that could be what's her face from Mirage. Oh, um, Battle in Berta? No, 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 no. God, the one we read in the Tales issue with. Um, oh, Complete Carnage. Uh, yeah. No, Radical, Radical. Yeah, like that could have, that, that would have been, if that was her, like that would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. but uh i mean she was just a generic super super girl um i was kind of surprised they didn't go for like a whole yeah. prince and the popper kind of thing in this yeah. episode like we kind of got it yeah, but it was, it was it was a little weird um one thing i really wanted to talk about was the animation in this episode oh yeah it's it looks like uh like a lot of the commercials that came out around the same time it is I'm, pretty sure it's the same studio uh it's actually i don't know when this studio was founded but it is the first ep- uh, episode that is animated by a different studio that's not like one of the normal um korean or japanese studios this is by um uh the murakami side murakami wolf swenson it's mws that we see at the end of the credits sometimes yeah uh this is by their dublin ireland studio Hmm. Ah, okay. Which this episode kind of varies wildly between like it looks really good and then it moves really weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the turtles are off model for like the majority of the episode and like not really even consistent from scene to scene necessarily. Yeah. But There's also, a, like, not in a bad way, though. It's just, like, it's way more cartoony than usual. It's Yeah, it's definitely not... Because when, when the episode, like, first started, I was like, oh, like, I could tell right away this was a different animation team. And I was like, I wonder if this is, like, Toei or um, Akon, like, one of the other companies. But uh, it wasn't until I was doing the research and I was like, oh, this is actually an Irish studio, which... I've personally never even heard of um, places like I, I never heard of Ireland as an animation studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, but they've done other like cartoons from the eighties. Like they did Alvin and the Chipmunks, for example, which I was a huge fan of Alvin and the Chipmunks. So, hmm. Hmm. yeah, I guess it does look pretty Alvin and Chipmunks. Like some of their face structures when they smile. Yeah, it, it's it's very bouncy, very. Um, like, like we said, like it's very car- cartoony, um, you know, talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it, it's like e- even like the people, like the king, um, he's got a very cartoony like face. Like he doesn't have like the standard 80s character face like we've seen in this show a lot. He's got right. a very unique like nose and like his, his the way his bottom lip juts out. And I know I'm going on and on and on about the animation of the character designs, but like, like that's what really stuck out to me in this episode. Yeah, no, that's cool. I never would have picked up on that. Well, thanks for validating my obsession. <laughs> over You're this. welcome. I mean, I think it's pretty neat. Like, I'm glad you pulled this away because like I would that would have completely flown under my radar. It did completely fly under my radar. <laughs> But yeah, I mean th- th- that was that was my biggest thing with this episode. Like it's, although yeah, ultimately it's a very forgettable episode. It's kind of like eh, all right, April, you know, the princess looks exactly like April, um, and they never even meet. And, and they then, never even meet. Yeah, it's like the the whole the whole thing is she looks exactly like the princess. But had the princess never been there, 
or had Shredder captured the princess? Like, the had the princess never well. walked by the TV that had April on it? Yeah. Or that that said the princess was getting kidnapped. She never would have known. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine if the turtles hadn't even gotten involved or April. He successfully kidnaps the princess. He would have gotten his special element, and then it would have blown up. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. But it all—it also all hinged on the princess not wanting to go to this party. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if if she had decided, oh, like you know what, I'll do it for my dad, and I'll I'll stay for the party, then yeah, Shredder gets plan. But like, if April hadn't shown up and messed up everything, then Shredder wouldn't have been able to kidnap her and ransom her for the Lydium ninety. We shouldn't dive too far into the anchovies. Yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't get the anchovies. I'm not in anchovies yet. I'm not in anchovies yet. I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just talking. Yeah. You know the plot. The plot for the episode. Um, but I can tell you've got some stuff for anchovies. <laughs> so <laughs> we can get on attack. Uh, attack of Big Mac, uh, who they never call Big Mac in this episode. No. Right. They no. just call him Mac. They just call him Mac. Yeah. And this whole episode was like a big short circuit reference, right? So I, I, think I read so. that. He calls the that. camera, he calls the camera number five and says it's yeah. his brother. You have Johnny Five. And then there's the scene where he's got like in the library and he's like thumbing through these books, reading them super fast. And then he says, instead of just being like input, like you know, number five is in the movie, mm-hmm. he says something about like inputting data, you know. All and right, then he so, shoots the cop's belt off. And in short circuit, there's also a scene that, you know, I found hilarious as a kid, which is why I remember it so well, where he shoots a guy's belt buckle off and his pants fall down. See, I've never, I've never I've seen think, short circuit. I was going to I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real with you guys. Cards on the table. Never seen, never seen short circuit. Okay. Well, as an, as an eighties kid, I have to admit, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to, I'm not, <laughs> I have to return in my card. Wow, this is yeah, weird. Spencer, you, you can collect an AVS <laughs> card from each of us. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I, I mean, get, obviously, I know of Short Circuit and Johnny Five. Like, uh-huh. so I I got the reference. I've just never seen Short Circuit. Um, yeah, I mean, Short Circuit, like the robot loves making like references to move, like to pop culture, mm-hmm. movie, and TV. He's got that quirky attitude. Oh, uh, is that why Mac talks with a cowboy accent? Like. 30% of the time? Yeah, so there's the cowboy oh, okay. accent, and then there's also the part where it's like, I love the smell of lasers in the morning. You know, it, it's all a reference. You know, it's just, it's very much okay. like Short Circuit. I think I did read that Cam Clark voiced one of the robots in Short Circuit, too. Oh. Or also, not the not the sequel, but... Yeah. Not for me, because I was reading the Archie comics, and he looks oh, exactly well, like the Archie comics. I also never had a Slash toy, so... Uh, oh, Slash was such a cool figure. His head didn't turn like left to right; it like swiveled. Yeah, it was swiveled. so sweet. I've yeah. seen a Slash figure. I've just never personally owned one, so I do want to change that though. I've I've come around. I used to not like Slash, and now now I've come around. Good, good, good. Definitely not on the cartoon version. Wait until you get to that one. Oof. Oh my goodness, with the trash rocket right. with the Brinky. Where's oh, my man. Brinky? Such a bad episode. Uh, uh, we're not there yet, though. We're not we there yet, though. We're not there yet, though. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, just wait. Oh, just, man. He's definitely not the IDW slash. You're not going to cry over this IDW one. Slash. You're not going to cry over this one. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Slash yeah, I, in name only, really. My, I had my wife, like, she was reading the comics, and now she's uh, upset with me because 
because he was her favorite character. Oh no, <laughs> Spencer, yeah. you you put a crack in a perfect marriage. I did. What <laughs> one thing I thought was kind of weird was um, this isn't really an anchovy. It was just this is just a general observation. Um, was the when Mac Mac talks about like how his dimension was like a bunch of warmongers and stuff. And that was one of the reasons why he didn't want to go back. When we see the portal to his world, it's like an idyllic, like, you know, countryside. Yeah, it looks like the the label of an Evian bottle. It's like yeah. A, it's like a snowy mountain with pine trees and stuff. It, it looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> like it, Maybe war means something different 400 years in the future. What kind of warfare is going on there? It's all yeah. biological. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all germ warfare. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which at that point, why do you need a why do you need a, ro- a war robot? But whatever. Well, the robots are just so surgical in their strikes; they don't disrupt any nature whatsoever. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. His lasers just had such big giant explosions. That's why he was defective, and they didn't want him. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't as precise as the other robots' lasers. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is it for me. All right, then let's talk about anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend low. So, episode 10, we've got more of Shredder just running away and screaming now. I think that's just kind of his, one of his new sticks is just running away from the turtles when they show all, up. All three of these episodes are just bad Shredder. Like, I, I mean, it just feels I, like he's kind of just been continuously bad ever since he, like, I don't know, last actually fought the turtles. I think this <laughs> is I think this is probably like genuinely the first time I'm kinda like oh, Shredder. Like I'm finally I'm finally getting tired of the shtick. Like it's yeah. Well at this point the turtles don't really have to do anything to defeat Shredder. They're just like in the same room. He's like, ah, I've been foiled. Yeah. And yeah. yeah it's like they, they just kind of show up and like he foils himself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like he yeah. gives up half the time. Well, I mean, it's you just, know, it's just, eh, I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he breaks the crystal. It's just like, man, like this guy, the turtles don't even really need to do anything. Like he, yeah. he can pretty much usually just uh, defeat himself. Like he said, this is also like <laughs> the second or third time a crystal power source has cracked and Krang has needed to fix it for him. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, another one of my anchovies is like how many episodes are just going to be them? Like we need this other crystal to power the technodrome. Get it. You know, it's yeah. usually just Crank seeing something. Usually something is supposed to power the Technodrome. He sends yeah. Shredder for it. Shredder goes and fails at getting it, comes back. That's essentially the plot to all three of these episodes. Like, they yeah. need the Lydium-90. They need the... the crystal uh, from the, the center of the Earth. For crystal. They need the... Yeah, they need yeah, Mac they'll... to make a robot army. And... It's like... I, I'm uh, And it's it's Crank's fault. Like, I'm just... I'm tired of Crank, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the only part that was legitimately like, you know, in that was legitimately funny was in Attack of Big Mac was um, the when Krang is like, I got a docillator and Shredder's like, you didn't just you couldn't just give that to me before. Like you just happened to have that. <laughs> and Krang's like, I'm trying to move the plot along. Like yeah. it's, it, it was a fourth wall break and it was just an easy joke. But it's like that's the only part of their relationship I care about anymore. Cause it's like, it's so it's just again and again and again. It's like, yeah. I'm kind of tired of him yelling at bebop and rock too. It's like, it's not even funny anymore. Yeah. 
Totally. Like she's got she's got Lois's sassiness. Because there was there was one part that legitimately made me laugh in April Fool. Like, but it's 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 like, come on, April. <laughs> and then speaking oh. of April Fool, like it cracked me up that she like, you know, April Irma's like, well, we gotta get you dolled up for the ball, you know, new new do and outfit and everything. And it's like April immediately wears it into the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to go meet the emperor and princess of another nation and go to their ball after wearing my ball outfit in the sewer. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, you don't just go into the turtles' lair. You have to walk through the sewer for a while to get mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And then, like, just the whole, whole scene with the turtles there is, like, super creepy with, like, the turtles drooling over her. And then Splinter's comment of, like, you make this old make rat old, feel young you make again. This rat feel young again. Oh, yeah. oh it's so weird. It, it, like, it was, what is that supposed weird. to mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's like, we, we don't know how old Splinter's supposed to be. Um, we did see. I, th- I think there's this this splinter has only had his age like confirmed like maybe once and it was in a video game in a video game bio for splinter i think it was in turtles in time or hyperstone heist oh um, and, and yeah he's, he's like 30. 30 yeah yeah it's it's i think it's both uh the arcade game and the turtles in time arcade because they okay. have profiles of all of them i think their stats are the same yeah, yeah but... and it's just like how old is splinter so if he's 30, I mean, uh, I think we've heard April say that she's in her 20s at one point. I can't quite remember the exact we, we age. I feel like I've heard that before. I could be wrong. Or maybe I'm thinking of uh, that same video game. Because she has a profile in it, too. Uh, I'm going to have to look this up now. I know, same. Yeah, But it's 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 just weird. It's... I mean, like I said, like, what, what is that supposed to mean? Like, you make this old rat feel young again while he's looking at it? Like, it's ancient rat, whatever. It's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> Turtlepedia lists his birth date as May 11th, 1930. So what? says he's... he would be 90, 90. Well, I mean, he'd be 90 years old now. Um, he'd be like 50-something at the time then. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not terrible definitely not the 30 <laughs> the young rat but even yeah. then like 50 is not even that old the arcade game lists splinter as 30 and april as 27 so 27 not, i can buy for april yeah that's mm-hmm. not a that's not a huge gap either that's an appropriate gap for a relationship it's not uh <laughs> 50 to 19 or whatever yeah. you know so yeah i mean it's not even just his age i don't know it, just this it, 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 it's the whole yeah yeah the yeah, it's 100 percent. well there's that i think i i took a picture of it and sent it to you guys where you can like see donatello hitting puberty like his eyes are just like wild and crazy and, like, and I mean, but that, that goes yeah. back to yeah. what i was saying about the animation studio like they just they animated them so weird in this episode yeah. Yeah, no, there is actually a lot of weird animation moments. Like uh, when they're running through the hall, like Bebop's head while Rocksteady is talking is just like spazzing out side to side. Yeah. Like it's like looking, it's almost like it's looking over his shoulder, but doesn't quite make it to the shoulder. It is just like spazzing. And I think it's because he's supposed to turn and talk and like, and so they just repeated the same frames over and over again and then let him finally turn and talk. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I don't know. Sometimes. 
And then there's like a moment where they drop a blanket over some guards. And then like Leo runs over the top of him, but he just like runs like straight. And it just looks super, super weird. Yeah, I know what you're talking because he doesn't like jump on them as though they are three dimensional. He just like cuts the thing falls and he immediately runs over top of them. Yeah, like like yeah, yeah very very straight line runs over the top of everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it just looked super bizarre. So my my one note for April Fool, and I don't know if this is necessarily an anchovy because the the more I think about it, the funnier I think it is. But like, the kidnapping slash ransom plot really doesn't pay into Shredder's mo. Like, he leaves a ransom note, but, like, what are the directions? Like, meet me at the Earth's core. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have a hideout or anything. <laughs> it just... It, it, you're right. It, like, it really doesn't fit with anything Shredder does. Like, he's really only good at kidnapping April. Like, kidnapping and ransoming people in general, like, we never see him do. Yeah. He's so good at kidnapping April. He did it on accident in this episode. Exactly. <laughs> like it just felt so natural to him. And then he was like, wait a minute. Wait a it's minute. So You're real. April. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute. This is what I do all the time. Yes. And then it clicks for him that he can just run with it because he's already got it. Yeah, April. right. Then he realizes, like we do, that it doesn't matter who he's capturing. He's getting away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And then my last thing for this one is just the fact that they had like the blimp just randomly stashed on a roof. At, they're oh, just God. able what to fly over. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like, this we is gotta put a toy in, in here now. Put this a toy now. In. This is tied in with that. Everybody just runs with the turtles. Like everybody just runs with it. Like, oh, you're the turtles I've heard about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, if everybody knows about them now, why are why do they live in the sewer still? Yeah, like, people are dressing up as them like people are dressing up as them at the at the, you know at the party. At parties and as vigilantes and oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No one seems to complain when their blimp is parked on top of their brownstone. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody noticed that giant blimp there for how long were they at the party for? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's not like they don't know who it belongs to. It says turtles. It says turtles right, right, right on, it, on yeah. the side. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Can oh, you give yeah. tickets to a blimp for parking on the on the roof? <laughs> That's a good question. There's got to be some statute about that, right? Yeah, yeah. got to be. You can't yeah. just park your blimp wherever you want, guys. It's the Zeppelin law of 2029 or 1929. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I know it's a cheap cheap out, but it just nothing about it was funny to me. Like I really like, like Turtles at the Earth's core. April Fool was kind of a step down, and then Big Mac. I was like, all right, I'm. Ready I was to yeah, I was guys. I was really I was thinking about it. Like Turtles at the Earth's core, I think is probably my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it was fun, it was wacky. Yeah. Um, April Fool, I liked parts of it, but yeah, just Attack of Big Mac just was not fun. The yeah. robot got really annoying really fast. Like, I just, I just couldn't even with it. It was, I, I needed, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't stop it halfway through like I did last time, but yeah, I just couldn't, it was, it's just not a good episode. And you go full Maltese hamster. Yeah. I didn't go Maltese hamster on it. I uh, actually don't have any anchovies for this one, but I think my childhood fond memories of short circuit kind of just like covered a multitude of sins 
you know. Oh, you're, I, already a, you're already a little biased. Yeah, I, that makes a ton of sense because the whole time I was like, I didn't understand, like, why was he talking like a cowboy? Why was he talking to the camera? Like, why was he interested in reading books? But, like, I'm sure if I had some background to it, it might make even a little bit of sense. You know, I couldn't Maybe. figure out who was voicing Mac because of the, because of the way like the layers are in his voice and um, the distortion they do on it. And so like, I want to say it was Peter Renaday. It, it was Peter Renaday according to Turtlepedia, but it sounded like, it sounded like Rob Paulson doing it mm-hmm. because I've heard, I've heard Rob do that Western accent before. And so it kind of stuck out to me and like, because Raph was the first one to say, Oh, it's that terrible Western accent. So I thought he was making fun of himself, but it sounded like everyone was just making fun of Peter Renaday's uh, Western accent. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was, there's definitely problems with it, but I don't know, to me, they're just kind of like the commonplace problems that I complain about with every single episode of the 1987 <laughs> series. All right, yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. there wasn't Part really the like, course. <laughs> exactly. There wasn't really anything in particular to really like bring up for me. It's, it's oh, not, right. okay. It, it's not a terrible episode of 80 of the 87 cartoon. It's not a terrible episode. It's just, it's just a boring episode then to me. Yeah. And I think Mac that's I think that's worse. Mac doesn't quite have the charisma of the robot from New York Shiniest. He, he's Was. definitely he's definitely no Rex One. Like he's not Rex One. Yeah, he's definitely not Rex One. <laughs> you know, it, but I mean, honestly, who is? <laughs> right, right. There is no comparison to Rex One. Like man is a robot is a god. Mike, we know you love Rex One, but should we talk about other things we loved about these episodes? You know what? I think we should. I love being a turtle. All right. Well, Ninja Turtles and dinosaurs match made I mean, in heaven. Like I said, you know, it's I, fun. I always, like, I always love seeing a, the turtles. This was a fun episode. Yeah, I am down. I know I've said this before about shrinking episodes, but Journey to the Center of the Earth episodes. I don't care when it takes place. I don't care how far to the center of the Earth they get. Dinosaurs underground, primordial worlds underground. I am down. It doesn't matter what show it is. I'm going to watch it. So this was a good one for me. I mean, that's that's fair. You know, it, it, like I said, it, it's a fun episode. It's it doesn't take itself too seriously. I like it. I like it. it. It was my favorite of the three. I think this is one of my favorites of this season. Even like it was just it was fun. You know, oh. yeah, I I'd, I'd say it's up there. I also like we get that sweet little mini technodrome that's built by these foot soldiers wearing little safari hats. I yeah. did like that. So cool. I was going to say the foot safari clothes. Yeah, the I know. Foot, the foot safari clothes were pretty good. <laughs> uh, but, and why? They're robots. Yeah, <laughs> like, why do they need pith helmets? And they they're don't. Still, they're still dressed like ninjas. It just reminds of me of, it reminds me of the Spaceballs gag when they're like combing the desert and like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got the safari clothes on. You know, Dark Helmet does. <laughs> uh, I love it. I also love that this episode ends with April just casually getting kidnapped by a pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, like, laugh and make a joke about it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then and they're like, does. oh, we better go get her. <laughs> I didn't... Um, I couldn't decide if it was an anchovy or if it was... Uh, something i really definitely loved um but i love when at the beginning of the episode they're trying they're talking about shredder 
and then april comes in and is like yeah 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 where should i go on vacation yeah. <laughs> 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 that legitimately cracked me up i was like oh my god april <laughs> i mean it's every day for those guys like we said you know they stub their toe and they're like it's shredder yeah you know, when oh, you've yeah, known yeah. the turtles for long enough and you've been friends with them figuring out where shredder is 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 just you know it's their day job you can interrupt that i can imagine like michelangelo combing his hair and finding a couple grays and being like it's the shredder yeah. <laughs> just every minute little thing in their life is down to the shredder messing with them yeah <laughs> just i just cracked me up i was like april come on <laughs> like you've she's been done playing the game for, like yeah she's just done where am i going on vacation guys and I forget I forget the different places that they that they were suggesting. Splinter suggests Florida. I know that. Right, and I think she had pamphlets for like Paris and the Bahamas or something. I've also heard that you know Florida is nice this time. This of time year. of year, whenever was, whenever you're listening to this, right. it's this time of year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, April. But, I mean, but we know they've got friends in Florida. True. She could uh, stay yeah. with the punk frogs. They say yeah. go to the Okie Finoki. But that's one of my favorite things about like the Turtles 3 game, uh, the Manhattan Project, is that they're on vacation in Florida. Oh, I know. And then they, they make their way to Shredder's like submarine ship all the way back to New York. All the way back to New York. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. What a good game. We should talk about that game on this show. We, Absolutely, we I'm down. I'm sure we will, eventually. That's not only one of my earliest memories of Turtles. That's like one of my earliest memories is waking up and uh, we gotten, I think my dad bought it over the weekend or something and didn't tell us until Monday or something. But mm-hmm. I remember I was so little, I couldn't say Manhattan Project. I just called it Turtles on the Beach. That's the first. <laughs> nice. The first ep- episode of it. Yeah. I have so many memories of that game. But anyway, April Fool. April Fool. They do ninja things. They do. Episode, they do ninja things in this episode. Cool. Um, yeah, they like sneak around. Uh, Shredder even does like a Vulcan neck pinch thing. Like they're using their skills. I, I liked. I don't know. There was one joke that made me laugh when he like opens the pizza and it's super tiny at the party because it's supposed to be oh fancy food. Oh yeah. When and it, he's like yeah. a pizza and then opens up. He's like, or it will be when it grows up. It was, <laughs> I like, it was actually funny. Okay, so the thing that made me crack up was. Um, when they are kidnapped, like when they have April and they realize like Shredder can still go through with his plan, um, and they're just they're just gonna gag April, and he pulls out that towel and like right before she right before he wraps it around her her mouth, she's like, oh, I hope that's clean. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so subtle, but it cracked me up. I was like, oh my god, they got that in. I like the part. Where- April gets away for a second and she's trying to find her way to the roof and there's two doors and she's like one of these doors leads to the roof. She opens one and Shredder's behind it and she closes that and she opens the other one and Bebop and Rocksteady are behind it. Crack <laughs> yeah. <me up. laughs> like like you said, like this this episode like goes back and forth with like being really good and then just kind of like eh. Yeah. Um and a lot of it I like I said it has to do with this animation. Like it's so cartoony. But like well, in kind of a good way. Yeah, and that's the thing though, is like the '87 series, like it's focused on jokes. Like that's that is the focus of the yeah. show. I feel like 100%. nine times out of ten is is jokes. So the plot, yeah. they don't care about the action. They don't care about 
It's just like, how can we get to the next joke? That's kind of the vibe I get from this series. I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Cause this was a, you know, it was a thing for kids to sell toys, mm-hmm. you know, it's 100% that. And so like this, the show is just kind of, cr- you know, it, it's the gateway to that. And so like having the jokes admitted is kind of par for course, really. Mm-hmm. All right. Attack of Big Mac. Uh, the thing in this episode that got me laughing really, really, really hard was when Krang says to Shredder, cross your heart and hope to die. Make it a make a promise. And Shredder says, what heart? Yeah. Like, oh, Shredder, you're my favorite. <laughs> or whatever he says, like you crack me up or I can't, I can't remember what he said, but it was funny. Yeah. And then there's, there's the part where, you know, his perfect hiding place from the turtles is that he's staying at a nice hotel instead of like being <laughs> yeah, in an abandoned yeah. warehouse. <laughs> I, I love a good joke that like makes fun of tropes that like that was a follows. good meta joke, especially for the, yeah. especially for the show. Like that landed really well for me. Yes. Yeah, like there's, yeah. there's some fourth wall jokes where you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, yeah, you're just making up for your lousy writing with mm-hmm. the joke but like this joke is actually genuinely making fun of a trope you've had in this show for a while and it's actually funny you know it reminds me of phineas and ferb and like in that you know it's that kind of realm of like meta jokes yeah that are making fun of our own tropes you know it's not to cover up bad writing or just not caring enough it's just making fun of something that's happened multiple times um i like i like a quirky robot you guys hated big mac apparently but i think yep, it's because i'm like, not my favorite because I grew up I loving say, short circuit. I didn't, say, I didn't say I hated him. I said he's going to give me nightmares. Okay, that's, he's going to give me a difference. <laughs> well, you know, fear leads to anger. And, right. Yeah, you know. Anger you, know what, you, to, you know what it is. I I <laughs> anger leads to hate. So there you go. I think, I think right, we've talked right. about I think we've. I think we've talked about it before. Um, do you guys remember the Zeta Project? That from the DC, like the DC universe. Oh, I know it was a thing that spun off from Batman Beyond, right? It, okay, so so Zeta showed up in an episode of Batman Beyond, and he was just this horrifying looking robot. And I mean, he had a he had a person body, but like his head was like a metal boomerang. Hmm, cool. But when they gave him a show, he got a more relaxed head. Or like a, like a more you know personable head, mm-hmm. and that first horrifying head, you know that, you know the, that reminds me of Big Mac, and it's like if they just gave him like a better head, I probably wouldn't have hated him as much. Yeah, because at the time, like he doesn't look like a futuristic robot from four hundred years in the future. He just he looks like every other robot. Like Rex One looks more advanced than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking up Zeta. This guy looks uh the first Zeta, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't want to say I hate Big Mac, but I also just really don't like him, and I'm glad he never shows up again. <laughs> yeah. I will say, generally in my personal life, I'm not a fan of judging books by their cover, but when it comes to a robot, like. 100 percent. Yeah, if yeah. I don't like you at the beginning, I'm not gonna like it. Right. Either. Like I can tell from how you're designed what you're designed for, right? Mm-hmm. So I can tell when you're evil. He doesn't even look like a like a <laughs> war robot. Right. He just has a billion and one lasers on him. It just yeah, exactly. He's all lasers. Why even give him arms? And I love I, I, this is kind of an anchovy, but I also love it because it's stupid. Um 
he gets sent from 400 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And 400 years in the future, they have enough technology to make this, you know, impervious, indestructible robot. But he has to come back in time to learn about the past. It's like, why doesn't he just programmed with that? I had no idea why he was back in time the entire episode. And then also, like, why? <laughs> I love that their first thing to do is like, oh, let's take him to the library. Assuming the robot can read a book. Yeah. So, like, the story of Short Circuit is Lay a knowledge bomb <laughs> Lay on here, Spencer. Right, yeah. Is that this robot, number five, gets, like, struck by lightning and so then he gains sentience. Like all these robots aren't supposed to be sentient, but he gains sentience and awareness. And so then he like goes through discovering the world. And so he meets this lady and, you know, she like shows him books and he's like input. And he just starts like reading books at a thousand miles an hour, like flipping through pages super quickly. And he learns all this stuff and he watches a ton of TV. And so he starts making a bunch of references to TV. And meanwhile, this whole time, the company's trying to hunt him down and get him back because he's a dangerous war robot with a massive laser on his shoulder. All right, I'm on board so far. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's why there was that giant bolt of lightning at the beginning of this episode that opened the time portal or whatever. I, I probably, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, so the whole thing is very, very inspired, to put it lightly, by Short Circuit in a way. So, uh, all right. We've been listening to the Short Circuit Hour with Spencer Keith and Mike. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, like, subscribe, etc. Yeah, you know, you, you can go check it out sometime yeah. if you want. I, I loved it as a kid. I haven't watched it in years, though, so I don't know. But because I loved it as a kid, I'm partial to quirky robots, you know. I mean, I love me a good quirky robot. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like this one. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, because, I mean, there's these guys. I also love, like, battle droids from growing up watching, you know, Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, same. You like, know. I, lo- I love, I love the Clone, you know, the battle droids. I love, oh, I freaking you know, love Chopper from droids. Star Wars Rebels. Like, K2SO from Rogue One is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, you know, it just, it's just a quirky little robot. I, I dig it. Rex I like One, it. king of robots. <laughs> but yeah, some, something about something about big mac it's not a fan fair enough by the way um in in doing some research for this episode i looked up big macs to see like when when they came out you know was big mac actually a reference to big mac um the wikipedia article for big macs has a very uh realistic depiction of a big mac as its picture like it's not like the fancied up mcdonald's promo big mac oh. it's like <laughs> someone just took it out of a box like the buns kind of smashed there's lettuce leaking out of it yeah it's fantastic <laughs> I, I really well, appreciate the realism that wikipedia is going for well all right <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the history on big macs here how long ago did they come out uh they were introduced in greater pittsburgh in 1967 kind of as a pilot nationwide 1968 Wow. All right. Yeah. So these were out a good yeah. solid, you know, 20 years before this episode. So oh, yeah. robot was named after the burger. It's it's a post sandwich. <laughs> yeah. It's a post sandwich and pre baseball player, Big Mac world. So, all right. Ugh. Another tangent real quick. Uh, one of my favorite movies. And I just, I don't know why it's one of my favorite movies. I just, I, I just get the urge to watch it a lot. The founder. Oh, with uh, Michael Keaton. With Michael Keaton, where he yeah. plays Roy Kroc, who, you know, 
stole McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers and turned it into McDonald's. Good movie. Yeah. I just, I can't stop watching that movie. I love it. I've watched it like four times. What? It's like, it's not a movie that you want to keep rewatching, but it's just so good. I haven't even seen Michael it once. Michael <laughs> Keaton just got his claws in you, man. Like, uh, next would be like me with something Birdman. about that movie, man. You should, you should watch it. It's on Netflix right now. All right. I mean, my, my thing is a Michael Keaton. Mine's Liam Neeson. If there's a Liam Neeson movie, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that. <laughs> I mean, I like Liam Neeson. And I'm not even that crazy for Michael Keaton. I just, something about this movie just hits me. Huh. Interesting. Well, you know what else is interesting? The news this week. Woo. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So, so the big thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, that, that dropped this week was uh, we got confirmation from Seth Rogen himself, producer of the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, we got what looks like the official release date for the movie, uh, which is revealed through a little weird, to say the least, uh, thing. Uh so Seth Rogen uh, tweeted a picture of like notebook paper with a bunch of notes on it uh, with the name Leonardo written up at the top and the date August 11th, 2023. And he did confirm in the tweet that that is the release date, right? He did, yeah. So when, uh, when I originally posted it uh, uh, on our Facebook page, uh, that was not confirmed yet. And then later on it was confirmed, so um yeah it, it, a little bit a little weird uh way it's to announce super it. weird there's like i don't know if you've read all this stuff on that but it talks about like what donnie and mike are up to and oh well i okay yeah it's strange, it's a, it's a strange so this is written by like leo it's written kind of like a like science assignment paper and there's like these chemicals from the periodic table that spell t-m-n-t letter e uh, which is thulium, nitrogen, and uh, tellurium. And it, it, there's a lot of weird notes in here, but nothing really, I don't know. It, I mean, smarter people than I have probably decoded this a little bit more. Um, but there's things on here that says mutations, changes in the genetic sequence, and they are a main cause of diversity in organisms, types of mutation, deletion, when characteristics is deleted, like fingers, duplication when things are duplicated like your elbows or my swords translocation the misplacing of characteristics question mark and then there's an asterisk unintended mutations question mark which all i'm saying is if they're going that deep with the deconstruction like they're definitely going way beyond the mark you know <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if I it's want also to also weird too because like shouldn't he be mutated at this point? Like why would he be in a it looks like a high school paper? So you know? that so I, I don't know if we want to jump into theories on it, but it's that deletion one that really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking back about uh, there was that interview with Seth Rogan last year where he was talking about like, oh, I want to, you know, focus on the teenage element of turtles, like what if these are kids that get turned into turtles? Mm. Like, what if these are high school kids? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, we still got, what, 
two and a half years ish. Got a not quite a half year, but two years. Yeah, two 20, 2023. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, two years. Yeah. A little over, little over two years. Um, so they're still obviously very much in the pre-production stage. Um, it's it's a little weird. Yeah, it's one of the strangest announcements for a movie I've seen, at least. And like, yeah. there's an asterisk up there. It's apologized to April. There's a drawing of like a ninja holding a sword. Says discipline, honor, loyalty. And then there's that like S that we all used to draw in elementary school with the lines. Yep. <laughs> what is that S? Where did that start? Does anybody okay. know? So when I was younger, we used to call it a Stussy. Okay. Just S T U. Uh, with an umlaut SSY. Um, it's not that because Stussy is actually a brand. So we were just stupid kids. I always um, knew it is the S. Like that's, it is the I S. I don't think it has a name. <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's, S. Every time, I, every time I see it referenced nowadays, it's just that S we all drew when we were younger. Exactly. Well, if you know, reach out to us on social media because uh, I have no idea. And if you call it a Stussy, let me know too so I don't feel <laughs> stupid. <laughs> also, I'm glad that, you know, that S has just like transcended generations apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, it'll just live on forever. <laughs> just like we, our entire society absorbed it through like the same Trapper Keeper material into yep. our brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, overall, so a lot of people are kind of finding out for the first time that Seth Rogen is producing the next Ninja Turtles movie. Um, so there's that whole, you know, oh, it's going to be a stoner flick, you know, talk and jokes. And it's like, that joke's really old and kind of dumb. Um, so yeah, what's, what's the over under on their green, like weed up somewhere in there? I mean, 100% no, you know, I, it's not going to happen. And yeah, I'm going to go back to what Tom Watts said in our interview with him. Like, this is this is one of their major IPs. Like, they're they're going to want to make sure, like, parents are okay with taking their kids to it. And it's like, if Seth Rogen's going to produce a stoner flick starring Ninja Turtles, like, it's not, like, obviously, that's not, Nick's not going to let that happen. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I... I was gonna say I, I'm I'm okay with it, like because Seth Rogen produced stuff is very different than like Seth Rogen written stuff or Seth Rogen like directed stuff. Mm -hmm. So like this is this isn't gonna be, you know, necessarily this isn't gonna be uh, Sausage Party that animated yeah. movie yeah. he did. Um, I look at other stuff that he's produced, like um, Invincible and The Boys mm -hmm. on Amazon. Like I love the both of those shows. And those are both properties that he didn't create. He's producing them. So it's kind of like what he's doing here with turtles. Like he didn't, he's not creating turtles. He's producing it. He's producing somebody else's work. So like, we'll have I, to wait I'm and see. optimistic. We'll, we'll keep you, you up know? to date, but we got, we still got two years. We still got two, two years. years. I mean, obviously we don't know anything else about this movie other than that. It is now coming out in 2023. Um, which I did kind of confirm what we found out in the, in the upfront from Nickelodeon a couple months ago. Um, so really nothing new has come out. Uh, but like he said, we will keep everybody up to gate, uh, up to date, um, and post any news that we have on, you know, our socials and 
the second we find out and verify it, it's going to go up there because I don't like to deal in rumors. Right. Yeah, me neither. Um, in other news, it's not necessarily like news news, but it was news to me. I just barely learned about it from a friend we just made. I want to give a shout out to Lucas Kavalchuk. I think I said his name right. Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. But uh, he works on a Polish magazine called Mutagen Crackle. And he also works, I think, on a lot of other projects as well, from what I can see. But Mutagen Crackle is special because it's a tribute to Ninja Turtles and Jack Kirby. It's got really cool art. Uh, we'll throw up some of the pictures of his art as well as uh, tag, uh, tag him in there so you can go check out more of his stuff. It's pretty cool. Yep. If you guys got fan art or anything cool you want to show us and wouldn't mind us posting on the socials, we'd love to have that happen. Yeah, we love looking at fan art and helping out artists, or at least I do. <laughs> I, I won't speak for everyone. Uh, yeah, I do too, I guess. Now that I've been put on the spot. No, it's pretty neat. You were the last one to say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it for the news this week. I don't got any toy news. Comic doesn't come out for another couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one more news thing over on humblebundle.com. If you guys are familiar about that, Humble Bundle is a website that. Uh, has really good deals for games and uh, other cool things on there. Um, and pretty much all of the, everything you donate to Humble Bundle goes to a charity or to support developers of video games. Uh, so one of the bundles this, uh, for the next 20 days as of this recording, uh, is a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book bundle, which does include a digital copy of the, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers versus the Ninja Turtles. Uh, wanted to throw that out there. Uh, for uh, $25 is the, um, not the minimum that you could donate. You could donate a dollar and get something. Uh, but for $25, you get the entire comic book bundle that they're offering, which is 46 different items. Uh, these are all volumes and issues of uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book run, the Go-Go power rangers which is kind of a spin-off taking place a few years earlier in the in the timeline um and then the new reboot series uh mighty morphin and power rangers two books there um which i don't know if you guys have been reading my mighty morphin power rangers i have it has been a phenomenal book uh just changing everything you thought about power rangers yeah i haven't read it i've kind of kept up with the the ideas and concepts in it. It sounds really cool, but I haven't actually oh, read it. So. There's so many cool things in there. And kind of the biggest thing to happen in Power Rangers in years has been the Shattered the Shattered Grid uh, storyline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which all of Shattered Grid is available in this Humble Bundle. Um, so that is available as of now for the next 20 days. Uh, $25 is what you have to donate to get all 46 items in the bundle. Uh, you can pay whatever you want. Uh, there's, according to them, $640 worth of books in this bundle. Wow. Uh, so I'm definitely, I haven't picked it up yet. I'm going to pick it up after, as soon as uh, I'm done recording. Awesome. Um, but I saw this today on my feed and I was like, that is cool. Really hope... Uh, people get out there and check it out so humblebundle.com it's right on the front page just click right on the mighty morph power rangers bundle thank you guys so much for listening we uh love doing this so thank you for continuing to to come back and hear us talk about more of it speaking week. of what are we going to do to talk about next week 
Next week, we'll be doing issues 24 through 26 of Volume 1 of the Mirage series. It's a story arc known as The River. It's a pretty good one, I heard a lot of good things. I heard a lot of good things. I'm kind of excited to read this one. Yeah, it is probably one of the best arcs of the, the guest the guesty era so then that's our show make sure you look up and follow us on our social media pages for all of the most up-to-date news we've got facebook and twitter and instagram you can find us at ninja turtle ph on all of them until next time cowabunga cowabunga are you no good polecats trying to bushwhack me time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply very good. I I like your uh, your your cowboy accent. My what? My nice. western drawl. Yeah, your drawl. Got a little bit of Texas in me, so. Uh, ah, okay. Really? Yeah, my dad's uh, from Texas. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm totally like 100% Utah. Utah. <laughs> Utah. Utah. Uh, yeah, Utah my tonight. mom. My mom is uh, born in California. My dad's born in Texas. My grandma on his side is from Oklahoma. So, yeah. Probably I'm, got some ancestry that fought for the South. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ohio Ouijan. Ohio Ouijan? Ohio Ouijan. Ohio Is that really oh. how you say it? Isn't it Ohioan? I, I think it's Ohioan. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.